Bite Bry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Bite Bry podcast. Coming back to your airwaves for the first time in April. Uh, it's been about nearly two weeks since I had an episode uh, with JLo. There's a lot that happened. The big man went to Melbourne and had some audio issues, so that episode didn't go to air. And then I got the dreaded COVID, so I'm sure you didn't want to hear me uh, full of the flu talking into a mic, but clean bill of health now. Plenty to talk about today's episode. We talk about all the footy stuff about a month in, the surging blues who had their uh, season halted by Gold Coast, a bit of stuff and check in with the West Coast boys and of course fantasy footy. And then we dive into some stuff about the NBA. Regular season is in the rear vision mirror now and we do have a bit of exciting stuff uh, not only in the coming days but in coming weeks in the form of the playing game and then obviously the NBA playoffs. So JLo and I gave our finals pick, dove into a bit of the Cavs and Nuggets stuff, and then talked about some of the other interesting series around the league. So huge episode. Let's not waste any time. Let's dive right in. The boys are back. Long overdue Sports by Fry podcast. There's been plenty happening uh, outside the sports be world. But once again, Tuesday this time, uh, JLo and I are sitting down to talk sport. How are you, mate? Good. Happy. Excited. Happy to be here. Yep. Happy to get. Oh, yeah, I'm good, actually. West Coast had that ripper win on the weekend and um, playoffs start soon. So I'm good. Very, yeah. Very... Just been to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a been a lot happening, like I said, off the uh, sports by channels. You've been in Melbourne. I got the dreaded vid, hit me for six for a couple of days. So, yeah, uh, the absence of sports by Fry episodes is attributed to those factors. Doesn't sound too good uh, with a block nose trying to record audio, but we back. I'm feeling healthy. Like you said, coast has got up. Playoffs are nearly here. It's a pretty exciting time in the sports calendar. Uh, I'll let you dictate terms to start. You want to start with basketball or footy today? Oh, um, that's a lot of pressure very it's early on. on the agenda uh, for both of them, but... Uh... Should we go footy? Yeah, right here. All right. So let's talk about that first huge win for the Coasters. Uh, backs against the wall. I think they said they've had, what, 39 players in four weeks already, which is Crazy. fucking like astronomical. You would never have thought that shit would hit the fan this bad, but full credit to West Coast that... A lot of the like media um, personalities and big crew are talking about how like galvanizing that win is for the coasters and huge for their culture. They've had a fucking wicked culture for years. We've known that. But how do you reckon the win puts their 2022 season back on track? Uh, it's still a bit hard to tell, yeah. right? But um, I think it's sort of shown a little bit. It showed me a little bit of what, we what i've sort of said for the last few weeks like oh you know if we can just play good footy with the crew we have um maybe that'll sort of set us in good stead for when these you know the top players kind of trickle back in so we were definitely playing yeah playing really good footy on the weekend and i think even the weeks before it just wasn't quite enough but i don't know i thought we we had the blokes sort of back and the back six look phenomenal. Um, and so the game plan looked pretty good. Um, so hopefully as Shuey and Kelly and Yoey looks like he'll be back this week, um, kind of trickle back in that 
the engine room can get going and we can kick some goals. We've had, had enough goal kickers. Um, your boy, who you cats let go, Dixon looked great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say like, I don't know if I'm bold enough to say finals right now, mm-hmm. but um, still good signs, you know, like McGovern's back to his best and Bunga Hearn looked great. So I, I don't know. I, I think one and three is better than zero and four, and Close. you just never know. Footy season's a long bloody season, so that's true. We are only a month into what twenty-two game season, so a lot can change. I think. Yeah, you're right. The back six probably played really well. That's what impressed me the most. I reckon Govs was the best player on the deck. Um, Withered and still did his weird shitty things, wasting the ball at times, but he was going to mm. drive from half back. Um, it's so exciting to see fucking Willie Rioli and Flying Ryan back in the same outfit oh, as man. well. Those two, oh guys, man, like, like there's there's exciting players to watch, but I reckon watching those two in tandem, there wasn't too many times where they like linked up one to the other, but there was a couple, um, mm. and it usually led to a West Coast goal. So it's exciting to see those boys back on the park together. And like you said, there's still a lot of cattle to come back in the engine room. So, yeah. And I just think the, the way that we went forward was great. Like we were quite surgical about it. And, you know, last year we were a little bit sluggish the way we kicked out a half back, but we kind of picked our moments and went bang, um, absorbed a bit of pressure. So I don't know. I thought we were pretty good. Yeah. There was one uh, stat that I saw something to do with, the first month of the season, West Coast pressures like in the top eight in the AFL. And last year, in the last few years, it's been like bottom four ish. So, yeah, that put you in good stead against North a couple of weeks ago. And then obviously was able to get the job done against the Pies. So, yeah, it's not uh, not all over just yet. Like you said, long season. Nicknack going down does hurt though. Big time. Yeah. Cause he, and he was so important, like had his five clearances. And again, even though Grundy had a pretty good game. Um, yeah, he just sort of nullified him pretty nicely. So you're right. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully Oscar Allen's not too far off either. But um, He should be back in the next couple, right? Yeah, so who's going to be rucking for us then? Dico, mate. The man, the myth. Dick, yeah, Dico and do we still have Vardy? I don't even know who we've nah, got he anymore. a couple of years ago. Oh, Bailey Williams, that's right. Okay, yeah, well. They might even just send in Dixon and have I'm trying to think what other like dudes pinch hit in the ruck over the weekend. Yeah, not. Okay. Many, you wouldn't have needed many if Nick Nat and Dicko were firing, but yeah. See, I was on the beers anyway, so. Terrible, terrible way to spend your Saturday. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, Dockers boys also got up. Can't be many weekends where both of us uh, celebrate a dub. It's starting to return to that uh, a bit more regularly than in years past. Frio three and one now to start the year. Yeah. And they probably should be four and oh with a loss to the Saints, but the Saints are only one spot behind them. So I'm not too mad. Um, do you Saints pretty good. Game? Um, I think we watched the first half. Oh, nah. Oh, when did he even play? I can't even remember. Uh, yeah. After being in isolation for like 11 days, every day just feels like. Yeah. So I kind of Were you the late game on game. Saturday? Yeah, Saturday evening, I think. Yeah, no, I think I was yeah, out of the bars right. by then, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was uh, a very typical Frio performance. There was a couple of quarters where we couldn't kick, put too many points on the board. We kept GWS in the picture, but then 
probably the back half of the third and the last quarter, they really just put the clamps on GWS. So it looks like kind of like Frio's successful teams of the past. They're going to really uh, get their bread buttered on defense. They're going to make that their calling card. So yeah, okay. it'll be interesting to see if, we, if for years we've said it, if they can still kick a winning score. I think from memory, they kicked 88 on the weekend, like points in total. So it's not a huge score. Would have rather see them do something like St. Kilda did and just blow the team off the park, but that's never really been the Dockers MO. So seems like you've had a pretty light schedule thus far as well. Mm. Honestly. Yeah, well, like we had got... Adelaide, Saints, you boys, US. Yeah. yeah. Top of so... my head, I probably wouldn't pick any of them to be finals teams, to be honest. No, nah, and you got the Dons this weekend. So I'd be interested interested to see you guys run into a, a real contender. Um but look, you know, you got to bank the wins. You should when you when they're there, and that's a big part of being a good footy side. So that's the important thing, right? Is like if you had a outline of the four that they were going to go up against to start the season, I was like, oh, we have to probably be four and zero. But I'll take three and one. Like, mm. yeah, bloody yeah. The cards, but they've got. Uh, just having a gander, they got the Dons, Carlton, Geelong, and North to come. And I think it was, was Will Schofield or someone that said the Dockers should win their next five, including last weekend against GWS. So where's the Cats game? Do you know? Uh, yes, I do. It is at GMHBA Stadium. Nah, chalk that up to a loss. Yeah. But, but the other ones, you'll win. If they go four and one out of that five game stretch, including last week's one, I'll be pretty happy. That's, you're right, though. Yeah. They have got a lot of light uh, opponents in the first half of the season. So if we can bag some wins Although, now, that'll be crucial. Yeah, I mean, who's to say what which teams are good right now? There's only the the Ds that stand out as that, mm. the actual good, genuine. Oh, and the, the, I guess the Lions are pretty solid, but. Yeah, yep. I'd agree with that. Other than that, it's a bit of a friggin' crapshoot. It is a bit. I mean, I uh, I did point to a little bit of caution that needed to be uh, spread with Carlton. Their start of the season, a couple of people were up at arms about. They were talking about them as flag favourites, and I was like, let's just let's pump the brakes, and then they go and lose to Gold Coast. So yeah, still that part. I think Gold. I think Gold Coast are still a bit underrated. And um, losing Crips yeah, that's was true. just huge. Like it literally from that point on seemed like that's when Gold Coast got right on top. So, yeah. And that was pit net before the bounce as well. So like two pretty important cornerstones yeah. in your clearance game, which is where they got smashed. And Govzy's out as well. Mm. So anyway. Yeah. I just want, just want everyone to pump the brakes a bit on Carlton, right? We get, that they're exciting. It's new. I think they're definitely a shitload better than what they've shown in the past, but they haven't played finals since 2013, the year that the Dons were kept out because of all their drug supplement stuff. So one step at a time, Blues fans. Usually I would agree with you on the, on Carlton, but I actually think this, I think this was a bit more serious than years past. I actually think you should be buying Carlton stock. This oh, yeah? is just my opinion. Yeah. yeah but these, Three injuries are huge, the ones we just talked about. So once those come good, I actually think Carlton, Carlton are a really good side. So do you reckon top six finishes on the cards? Um, it just all depends on Cripps' hamstring. Well, early reports are that he might play 
this week. Like he had scans. Oh, he doesn't seem too bad. He was, he like ran down the race after he did it. So I think it was more of a, cause he did it late in the first quarter from memory. Mm. Um, and then pretty quickly they were like, let's get him into the rooms. Let's suss it out. So I think it okay. was one of those like, oh, if we can keep him out of the game, he won't do any further injury and then hopefully he'll be right. But I don't know. That's right. Dr. Fry's opinion. So. Yeah, I actually think, yeah, if uh, top six, they got a good defense. They've got a, enough goal kickers up forward. Their guts or their engine room's pretty good, like with Walsh back. So I think they might be all right. You could definitely make the case for them as oh, on paper having the best midfield in the AFL, or at least like in the conversation, right? Yeah, up there. Yeah, in the combo. Yeah. You got Chera, Walsh, Kennedy's played Unreal to start the year, Cripper. Probably a couple others, I'm thinking. But, Hewitt. you know, yeah, Hewitt. There you go. There's another one that stacks up on paper against like the D's and the dogs of the world, I reckon. Yeah, bloody oath. I, I reckon they've they've got the cattle. Um, seems like bosses galvanized them pretty well as mm. well. Like over the off season, like the stuff you heard about with Sam Doherty and, um, you know, them all shaving their heads. I think that's the stuff that, yeah, makes a footy team great. I think they're legit. But it, it's all pending there, like their skipper, really. Yeah, he was. Well, and Gubsy, Gubsy's huge. Bloody nine touches or eight touches and a goal, I think, um, in the twenty minutes of game he played. So. Yeah, that's why I I went to sleep because I was so hungover at about quarter time when he was on. What did he end up on? Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. He was on thirty six, and then I woke up and he was still on thirty six. I was like, what the. F- Fuck, like what just happened? Like, did he just get absolutely tagged out of the game? But obviously he's done his hammy. Yeah, he, yeah, like he was he dominating. Honestly, yeah, he could have gone out there with his hammy and still like bossed it to 120 fantasy points. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I think Carlton are legit, but anyway. Yeah, okay. Uh we'll we'll step into talking about our fantasy sides in a bit. But while we're on the topic of a couple of clubs. We're going to play uh, Mr. Fix-It today. So we're going to look at one AFL team and then we're going to play the same game in the NBA. I reckon you can uh, figure out which team we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about the Port Adelaide power from a footy standpoint. Because they've started 0-4. They looked fucking abysmal against Melbourne. Like, just weren't in the contest at all. Um, They took until, what, the third quarter, I think, to kick a goal. Just mm. really like dire times at the power. And before the season started, I was saying that I thought they would slip because they don't have too many like A graders, like big name stars. They got like pretty solid dudes all around the place and a couple of all Australian contenders. But literally, his injury has been pretty huge for them. But uh, there's a lot of talk around uh, Ken Hinckley being the scapegoat and getting the axe for the way they've mm. started. You're sitting in, is Koshy still the CEO? I think so. uh, I feel like he might not be anymore, but let's I don't say, know why. For argument's sake, let's pretend Koshy's running the power. You're in Koshy's shoes. What? What's your first order of business? You come a month into the season, you thought you were going to be contenders. It's kind of fallen a bit on its face. Are you looking hard at a Ken Hinckley replacement already? No way. I would just be, my first order of business would be like, just relax, guys. Like the last thing you need to do right now is it, like if things are all wobbly is like chop the head off the snake make it more unstable and leave yeah leave your whole club like directionless i actually think they've 
okay they've just had those weird injuries like some of those kids have got injured like Jersm has been a bit banged up and like Rosie did his ankle in the first or second game and he sort of hasn't been the same yeah he's been a like butters bit. got knocked out the other week kept playing but he like hurt his shoulder or something like um Aaliyah's gone down has Charlie Dixon played at he all hasn't played yet no nah, had a setback as well yeah I think. so you just got to like Bokey's playing at a great level Carl Amon's playing at a good level Ollie Wines has been a bit hit and miss but he's still he's a former Brownlow medalist you know like they've got the the engine room and each end of the ground is is still pretty good if you ask me they just need to relax people need to relax a bit maybe tweak the game plan a little bit and sort of throw the magnets around a smidge but they really need a Lear a Lear back like he's so huge for their success they need Charlie Dixon back um because who else have they got up for it's Marshall and um Georgiades yeah yeah like they're great like I really like Georgiades they've got to get good footy in and sort of rebound well so I think I would just be I'm not out on the um port you know um it's what it's looking like it's going to be one of those weird years where there's other than Melbourne and maybe the Lions there's no clear top crew like the doggies oh, don't know, look the dockers, like the uh, dockers are surging mate well maybe like well that's what I'm yeah. saying like if if the dockers are sitting fourth right now or whatever you're like well that's clearly a weird fucking year right <laughs> like that's yeah, that's a are. that's a yardstick right there so I would be like not freaking out if i was a port supporter right now i would be like it's, it's okay just re- just relax like get a win next week who are they playing um they're playing they a beaten up carlton yeah that'll be yeah. a game in the context of the year it, it is yeah like if they if they lose to carlton then maybe it's panic stations but i, I think they'll win do you say it's at the g yeah yeah well we'll see we'll see what happens but again, you're just like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. There's nothing they can do anyway, right? Nah, I think hiring a coach, what's that going to do? Yeah, and I agree that that's probably not the route to go down. There's a lot of buzz about it, and I mean, I added some fuel to the fire the other day. I was like, oh, should Port Adelaide look at getting Alistair Clarkson back in the door because he was there as an assistant mm. when they won their flag with Choco Williams, which I didn't realise. Mm. Um, coach in the Sandville for a couple of years as well before that. So he's got some like ties to South Australia, but Ken 20 Hinkley's years a, ago. Yeah, exactly. He, Ken Hinkley oh, is a pretty good coach. Like I think yeah. over the last probably three or four years, Port Adelaide's probably won more games than anyone. If not, they'd be like right up there in the top couple. So yeah, those injuries that you listed off, like you take a Lear out of their back line, who's probably their most important defender. Um, uh, who's their skipper? Jonas. Jonas yeah, as Jonas, well. But yeah. And there's Clory. Like there's a couple of good defenders there. But I I think Ali is probably the most important from like an inter most impactful, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you take Ollie Wines potentially out of the midfield. He's got like a heart, a regular heartbeat. So he's having like a weird start to the year. Mm. Rosie's underperformed and been a bit banged up. Dersma, I think he got hurt, then got dropped yeah. to the Santful and also got hurt again. So like yeah. everything that uh, Charlie Dixon as well, everything that could go wrong probably has for Port Adelaide. And if you look at their slate, they lost to 
Brisbane by two goals at the Gabba. You're like, oh yeah, you take that to start the year. But then the mm. embarrassing one was the big like 10, 11 goal loss to Hawks. The Hawks, yeah. But it seems like Hawks are like on the up. Like you said, it's a bit of a weird year. There's a lot of fluctuation, especially the first six weeks. This always happens. Mm. Um, and then they lost to the Crows after the siren. Yeah. And then the D's who everyone thinks is like a cut above everyone else at the moment and the reigning premiers. So if you put those like four losses into perspective, it's not, I don't, and even if they lose to the blues, Owen five looks shit house on paper, but Carlton are on the up as well. The next couple of games they got after that, they got West coast, St. Kilda, the dogs and North. So they should mm. probably over the next five week window, they could emerge like three and two or worst case yeah. two and three, and then hopefully beat up on some other teams. But yeah, I'm in a bit of a similar boat. I don't think it's panic stations just yet. Again, I've got some doubts over how elite their list is and what type of dudes they've got pushing up to that next category of star. But your mate, bloody Riley Bonner played really well on the weekend. He's so, bloody good. I yeah, Anyway, it's not going yeah, there. We better, better uh, quickly tangent. Otherwise, we'll spend the next hour talking about him. Carl Amon's great. Otherwise, I'll... Otherwise, he'll just, I'll wake up tomorrow and he'll be in my fantasy side, mate. <laughs> I'm surprised he isn't already, mate. <sighs> well. Oh, well, before we uh, dive into fantasy, let's touch on a couple of other AFL headlines. Like I said to you, uh, before we started recording, I was just watching the Gil McLaughlin presser. Yeah, what's up with that? So he said he's stepping down at the end of the season. Feels like the right time. I think he got pretty emotional as well talking about it. It just seems like the last... 18 months or two to three years of COVID have just fucking whacked the poor bloke for six. It's been a lot. Yeah, it has been a lot, but pretty successful commish. So we'll be sad to see him go. Um, Did you see the suspensions that were handed down over the weekend for a couple of hip and shoulders? I only saw that Proust might be out. So Proust is missing a week because he kind of, like David Mundy, half wrapped him up after a mark and he like went back and whacked Uh. Mundy. So you got a week for that, but then Paddy Ryder. What about? I was going to say, did he get done for that? He got two for his bump on Will Day, and you can really see like he's kind of just standing there, and Will Day's kicking, and he even like he doesn't backpedal because he's still going fast, but he literally stops, and you can see him like he stopped contact, and then he like just hits his shoulder, gets KO'd, and instantly Ryder's like, oh yeah, my bad, mate, my bad. Calls the medics over. Like, there's probably not a lot. Did he get knocked out? Yeah, and was out of the game. Oh, okay. But, and that's probably the only reason why he's been handed two. If Will Day had have got straight back up, wouldn't have been an issue. So, yeah, the MRO is a bit messed up at the moment, I reckon. A bit of, bit of stuff that needs to be sorted out. I guess, like, the overarching thing is, like, if you're going to bump, make sure you don't, because Day had kicked the footy by the time Ryan mm. had hit him. So it's like, if you're going to mm. hit a bloke, like, if you had gone in for a tackle or something, that might have been a bit different. But because he concussed him and went in for the bump, yeah. Okay. Proust. Fuck. <laughs> hey, could be uh, worse. You could have traded Will Day into your fantasy team this week. Will Day and Proust in. What a Which week. Great segue into what the fuck we're going to do with our fantasy outfits. But uh, all in all, it wasn't actually too awful for the large fries and coke this week. Got to, uh, got to give a shout out as well uh, in round three. You not only outscored me, but you surpassed me in the rankings. So before this week, footy, yeah. because we didn't do a podcast, you need the uh, need the credit. You managed to pit me at the post and uh, we're ranked higher. Ooh. But I think I've made that ground back up this week. Yeah, well and truly, yeah. So I'm sitting about 
five thousandths at the moment. And I think I've got a couple of like weird situations going on with a large fries and coke because obviously Day's out for a week. So I don't think I'm going to trade him. I think I'll keep him because I can play good old Nathan O'Driscoll on the field. Okay. Um, and then with the rucks, we've got uh, Jack Hayes potentially coming in now that Paddy Ryder's suspended. So I'm. Oh, it's also be... really good for Rowan Marshall. Yeah, I might just uh, put Hayes into that ruck spot and let him go for a week and bring Prucy yeah. back. But I think it's time. I think I'm getting rid of Matt Crouch. I've had enough of the bloke. Okay. Yeah, he had a bad game. And like he was still ticking up in value, but he just <laughs> sound like such a fantasy enthusiast when I say this. But as I was watching the footy, he just had like no hunger to get the footy. He was just like plodding along, like yeah, none of his, like cheap marks and kicks. Like he was always on the outs of the contest, like waiting for a handball, and then he would handball it on again. So mm. Matty Rouse. The one thing I will say. Though it seems like um, the Tigers give up a ton to midfielders. Mm. So I, I wasn't going to get rid of him anyway, but I reckon I would just be a bit tempted to hold him one more week. He's only got to get to 90. And I just think he might. Like I, I think Keyes is going to have a monster against oh, the Tigers. Oh, he's unreal. Uh, unreal fantasy-wise. I don't know if he's actually that good, but fantasy wise is phenomenal um but then beyond that i think like crouchy and laird might just also get to their hundred and and then you're happy you know like it's only one game away from being happy with matt crouch i don't think he he got enough of the ball just too many fucking handballs right yeah story no marks kicks yeah he actually yeah he had 25 touches again (sighs) you know like anyone who has that in real life if you you just like, eh, pretty good game, man. Like, especially he's kind of the in and under bloke, or him and Sloan are the in and under guys, and then Keys and, and Laird get it on the outside. So he probably really did his job. He just he's just got to wrap a bloke up. He's playing like me at the moment, mate. There's no tackles. <laughs> yeah. But I get the marks right. I get the marks. You, I was gonna say you've had your stats healthily. Matt Crouch doesn't do it in any uh, aspect at the moment. I think the reason I'm pretty happy getting rid of Crouchy. And I mean, these are tentative Tuesday morning trades. So there's talk yeah. that Lockie Whitfield's banged up. So I might have to act on that. Um, but Finally had a good game. I know. Yeah. Had your fucking be. Oh, a good yes. half, I should say. Uh, but yeah. I think the reason I'm getting rid of Crouchy is because it's uh, part one of a two-part operation where I also okay. get rid of Matt Rao. Yeah, he's been weird, isn't he? Yeah. Bring Josh Rochelle onto my field. So that means I've got another rookie, but that's all right. And then it yep. allows me to use all that cash to bring in Jackery Steele. Yeah, I feel, I do think it might be the time to jump on some of these blokes, right? Like well, Steele's, uh, Steele hasn't lost much money, but nah, him but you always or, make uh, a very valuable point that, like, there's been a couple of backmen who have fired to start this year, and Josh Dunkley's looked really good. But you go to the top scorers at the moment, I'm pretty, I don't know, if this is off the top of my head, but I'm sure, like, 12 of the top 15 will be midfielders or 11. You know yeah. what I mean? That's where the yeah. points come from. So I've still got mm-hmm. Lockie Neal, Jack McRae and Brayshaw. So a pretty good spine there. But if I can add steel to that mix as well, mm. suits my buy as well. Yeah. I reckon now's the time. Yeah. You wouldn't be tempted to just go down the line a little bit deeper and get our boy too. I'll be honest. 
he was the first move I made. Was like Matt Rowell out, Matt Crouch out, Tuke in. But yeah, um, yeah, he's had a weird year, Tukey. Yeah, I don't understand why he's. Uh... Oh, he hasn't gone down that much actually. Now that I'm looking at it, it's just he it was just worth stupid amounts. That's to start. That's year, why. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just got a thing well, pop up. I don't saying, mind it. Just got a thing pop up saying that recording's going to stop in ten minutes. Oh yeah, nine minutes. Yeah, that's weird. So, I don't know. We'll do our just best. Let's go fast. Eye, keep an eye on that, and then we're, yeah, worst case, we'll just make it a two-parter. So we'll do. I'm, I must admit, I was kind of um, looking at Jack Steele as well. I was kind of like, oh, it might be time to just grab him. Like he's dropped a, a smidge in price. And if I do have like a force Crips trade or something, Jack Steele was the first bloke who jumped to mind. But now I'm looking. Took's even cheaper. I'd be going Took. But that's just me. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't feel I like bringing another doggy in. Like I've, I've, it's just a bit, there's a bit much. You can't expect them all to play well every week, you know, like, and I think who played shit? Trelaw was bad this week. I've got him. Yeah. He's on the block for me, to be honest, but not instantly. But like, yeah, he's now in my midfield group, and I'll probably try and throw a bit of cash on top of him before the buys and turn him into a, like a Tukey Miller or someone like that. Right. Uh, you ready? Yeah. To, you know what time it is? I've got something Go on. here. It's the All useless right. sports ball. Oh. Here we uh, go. So, who do you reckon has the most disposals to start the AFL season one month in? Keys? Travis Boak? Travis Boak, because he is also high up on my uh, trade radar. If I don't go down the steel or Took train, he hasn't gone yeah, under like 111 yet this year. He's He said something, and I, I wish I could refind it to like post it on the socials or whatever, but he talked about how he wants to be like the AFL's Tom Brady, meaning he's like putting all this time and money into his body. I remember he was doing... Yeah. He did the breathing, the yeah. underwater thing a few something years ago. Last when he, off season, wasn't it? Like maybe two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like and I think there was a port kid who did it with him and who like nearly died or something. Something yeah. like that, nearly drowned. But yeah, he seems like he's that type of wired cat. So mm. yeah, he's got totally. he's uh, first for total disposals this year. And mm-hmm. winds us down. Like, I don't know if you would even bother putting a tag on Bokey, would you? If you're an opposing coach? Uh, yeah, it might send it to someone like, you know, you could get out of the game like a Butters or um, I don't know if you bother tagging Eamon either, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it seems like Eamon and um, Bokey are just, they just run too hard and just get too much space and just keep. Yeah chugging yeah yeah i don't know so this is what i mean you know like there's they're, they're all right port so yeah i don't mind the bokey the bokey trade at all i'd be all of it the thing you hate about bokey though is you're like you look at him you're like oh, i should have got him 119k ago you know he does this all the time remember when he did it when he was a forward and you're just like oh man he's so oh, good like right. yeah I forgot he was a forward. and he he was he might have been the most he was the most expensive forward for a while and he might have been right up there and i do just worry he might sort of slowly yeah. come back to earth a bit yeah and that's why i'll probably end up siding with jack Steele because i yeah. feel like he is not going to get any cheaper the entire year um and then probably not, like not said, much yeah yeah 
his break even heading into this week's 125 against Gold Coast. So it's very possible he gets that. Yeah. But then I pull yeah. the trigger on that. It means I've got Brayshaw, McRae, and Jack Steele all on different bye weeks. So I'm like, all That's right, nice. I've got like two of those big dogs each week. Worth yeah. It. Good time to start thinking about it. Yeah. I have <laughs> mainly because I had a bit of a look and I was like, oh, over half my team has around 14 bye. That's probably not great. What about fucking Bailey Smith, man? Oh, the savior of uh, the keeper league. I won't talk about my keeper league too much, but he, I literally was trying to trade him before the season started. I was like, yeah, he'll get his eighty fives or something. And I was fishing around trying to get like Andy Brayshaw or Tom Mitchell, and everyone was like, nah, not keen on him. Yeah, I must admit, I expected him to sort of level out for a few years before doing this, but he's just gone, just kept going up. Like he's making Walshy look like crap. If I didn't have so many dogs in my side, I'd probably genuinely look at flicking him in. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I Like, I would look at grabbing him. I don't have um, J-Mac yet. And I'm like, fuck, I might pick oh, Bailey over J-Mac right now. Like, it's just That's every week. He just, he just doesn't stop moving, man. He's unreal. Anyway. Yeah. He's legit. Mm. All right. Uh, that'll wrap up, I reckon, the fantasy footy stuff. Because we've got pretty heavy agenda of basketball to get to. We've uh, yeah. nearly at playoff time. By the time people are listening to this, they might know the fate of the first couple of play-in games. Yeah. Uh, but before we... No, no, let's start with the play-in games because that's the most pressing thing. And that's the uh, right at the start because it literally starts tomorrow. Mm. Did the Cavs stand any chance against Brooklyn in the play-in? No. All right. I agree. What about the uh, Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks? Who's going to win uh, that contest, do you reckon? Man, that is so hard to know. Like, I feel like on their day, Charlotte can beat anyone. I feel like the Hawks probably have a higher floor, though. And when it comes to playoff basketball, a bit of experience helps. So I would I would side, like, probably like most people with um, the Hawks, but... I, that's that's probably the best playing game in the whole four game slate, I reckon. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But I think the Wolves should easily get it done against who they've got, the Clippers. Clippers. I think the the Wolves should <clears throat> get that done. And then who else is down there? It's um, the Pels and Spurs is the other one. Uh, that could go either way as well, actually. But yeah. I think yeah. the, the Hawks... Um, Hornets will actually be a good game, entertaining. Like got got some stars on each side. Was it the Pels Spurs? You're like, oh, was this a bunch of randoms running around against each other who aren't going to do other, any damage? You're right. If there was other basketball games on. I probably wouldn't watch the Pels Spurs one. It's a good. One oh no way. Yeah. Whereas you, but you look at the Hawks and you look at even Charlotte, maybe to a lesser degree, they could actually do something in the playoffs. If you ask me. But um, I'll take the Hawks. I'll take Trey Young. Yeah, I sided the same way, I reckon. The Cavs will lose the first one. Playing in Brooklyn, like, without <clears throat> all their dogs, like, it's just not happened. I told you they'd fall to eight. You did. You did. You tried to stay optimistic, but much like uh, Freeman. Yeah, you did. You're like, nah. We've got a two-game lead over them. There's only like five games left. But nope. Yeah. I think the like you said, the Atlanta Charlotte one's probably the best matchup. That's got the potential to be like 
120 to 125. Trey's got 37. Lamelo's going off. Like that'll be an exciting game. Should be anyway. Yeah. Oh, so, you know what? Maybe we should talk about the Cavs Brooklyn game a little bit. Like there is nah, a chance let's flip you guys do well. Yeah, maybe, but let's flip it this way. Like if they lose, Brooklyn gets the seven, right? Because everyone expects that to happen. Who's winning that Cavs Hawks matchup? The Cavs That's will a- win that. If is everyone healthy? Is everyone healthy? Jared Allen, not so much. He's still got a broken finger. Uh, and I don't know why he hasn't just taped it and played with it. It must be worse than I think. Uh, yeah. Mobley came back a couple games ago. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, obviously Colin Sexton's out too, but we pretty much got uh, minus Jared Allen, the squad. Yeah, okay. I think I think you would get to eighth. I think you'll make eighth and make the playoffs. I think so too. But I'll be honest, I think it'd be much more entertaining because that means we'd be matched up against Miami. I think it'd be better if the first round matchup was the Hawks and Miami. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. It, but if Jared Allen's back, then maybe maybe it'll work. I don't know. I hope he comes back. I don't know. It's no certainty, mm. but the Cavs are going to do what the Cavs are going to do. I'm not worried too much about uh, investing into these play-in games. Hey, if we win, yeah. we make the playoffs, sick. But it's been a very different cleveland team the last like two months of the season post all-star break yeah. since those two so. got injured yeah, yeah. since alan's so important for you guys yeah really and i think watching like i said atlanta and miami that'd be a pretty good first round matchup yeah it would be yeah oh, hopefully you guys still make it in it'd be nice yeah yeah Jared would be. you just not there i'd almost be like oh don't worry about it boys it's just it's still so good, so good to get a playoff series in though for those young guys yeah yeah that experience is second to none so yeah speaking of experience uh your boys have some of it in the postseason and you start your any of it going up against uh another team that's got plenty of experience in the golden state warriors what's the uh the confidence levels of the nuggets like entering the playoffs i feel good i'll be honest like especially curry coming off this injury like, you know, other than him messing his shooting hand up, mm. fucking up his foot is probably the most important aspect. Like, he, Curry's cuts and the way he moves around is probably the most important aspect to his game. And so I just think... that he busted. It's a, te- a tendon or a ligament in his foot. Yeah, okay. I don't know why, but I thought... So, nah, it's his foot. And so... There's no guarantees back for game one. Like I think Kerr this morning said there's a chance he will, there's a chance he won't. So if Curry's out, I've got no worries about picking the Nuggets over over Golden State. And even with him in, like we were three and one against them this year. I think I don't they never had all three in, but I'm just I don't know. It'll take Curry was pretty cold anyway when he got injured and so he's going to come back he's not uh, like he's never been a playoff guy yeah. so he's banged up he's banged up he's going to take a few games to get going up i just think the the timing of the injuries for golden state and just the way things have kind of never quite um linked up i think it might be one of those years i i think golden state are a great team and i think next year they'll maybe be the best team in the league again but i especially if they get lebron um 
which could happen. No, but I just surely not. Imagine. Uh, I think I think it might, man. I think it might. I think I reckon that yeah, we won't get into that. But yeah, no, that's a big. Um, yeah, I just feel I feel pretty good. Like we've got the best player in the world. To, I mean, depending on how you rank those top three, and you can rank them in any order and not be wrong. But got the best player in the world. We beat them three times this year. Beat them twice in Golden State. Um, we've got one of the best benches in the in the league. We've got probably the best starting lineup in the league. I think it depends how, what numbers you look at, but it's right up there anyway. Like best offense when the starters are on the field, on the floor. Um, so I feel good. Like you, you never know. Like it's the playoffs, but we've got the experience. Even like Bones Highland, he's played in a few games during the season that were playoff-like. Like he's he stepped up in that 76ers game. True. We played the Wolves the other day, which was like a it might as well have been a playoff game because it kind of was to get into the playoffs, you know. Like, and even though we lost that one, you know, those young guys have kind of seen enough, I think. And, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about it as good as you can feel about being the underdog like the the lower seed team yeah the lower seed yeah thank you um in a playoff series i i would have wanted golden state over anyone i think in coming into this and we got them we got them curryless so you know we've got to wait till sunday to find out but i think if we can get get them just two games without Curry, take one of them, snatch home court advantage, I think we'd be right. Yeah, they don't really have anyone that could give Nick Jokic a lot of trouble, I think. Which Literally is, no one. Which is probably their biggest advantage, but you're right. That series is going to be very interesting to see how the first couple of games fall. It doesn't sound like, like you said, Steve Kerr obviously wants Curry back, but I don't know, man, like, the big three of Dre, Clay, and Curry haven't played a shitload together this year. So they probably 11 minutes from chemistry wise, but like that does concern me a bit. Clay started a they played 11 game. minutes together. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. And I mean, one of them was probably when Draymond jumped and did the tip ball um, in Clay's comeback game, right? Like, anyway, I don't know how high I am on Golden State's title odds this year but not this year against the nuggets that'll be barn burner i reckon like it's a shame that both teams don't have their full roster because that'd be a fucking monster series if you had yeah yeah murray and mpj against clay draymond and curry but like you said these the injuries happen right and you've got to uh play with the hand you dealt and i think yeah out of the teams above you golden state's probably the one i would have picked if i was a nugs fan as well so yeah and i just yeah, I think – I just think that Curry not being a playoff guy, like he he literally never has been – oh, except that one year and like – when was it? They knocked us out in 2010-ish. Yeah. Like just after the Mellow trade when we were ahead of them, but that was when they became the Warriors. It was 10 years ago, you know, so – or whatever it was. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it was about that. 10 years yeah. ago. I think there's a bit of a, a misnomer around how – good curry is in the playoffs but we have seen him kind of shit the bed a couple of times and if he's not healthy he's, then he's never done it he's he's just never stepped up man never like, had like a, a nuclear playoffs right like where he kind uh, of took his game to 
the same heights that he does sometimes the regular season. Yeah, I just don't there there's only a few guys in the league right now and you know there's only a certain number in history who have that next gear in the playoffs mm. and one of them is sitting on the Nuggets who does he just goes up a Jim level in the playoffs. Yeah, well, actually two of them are on the Nuggets maybe. So, yeah, I I feel really good about it. Um and you just wonder like is will clay get a bit tired like he hasn't done it for a while he's had was it 800 days off or something like something stupid have, like uh, that did just have 30 points in three straight <clears throat> games for the first time in his career i found out which oh wow me. yeah but yeah i don't yeah. know how far he can drag them and like draymond's still like he's healthy in quotation marks, but like, is he still fully a hundred percent? I don't think so. So, um, and then you look at, I think, do they have Iguodala right now or is he? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, other than Iggy, none of these other guys have been there. Nah, you're right. You know, so they've only got three guys, call it, let's call it three, three guys, fuck Iggy, three guys who've like actually done it and understand it and have been there. And they're three of the best, guys you could ask for but the rest of the team like we don't know what a fucking playoff series feels like jordan Poole's yeah. gonna be like oh my god what's happening right now so it'll be very like hot and cold i predict <clears throat> like there'll be a game where he might have seven threes and near 30 points but yeah I'm expecting there to be plenty of like two for 13s or something as well right Whereas uh, the whole Nuggets starting lineup's been there plenty of times and a lot of their bench guys like boogie's been in the play playoffs actually maybe boogie hasn't been in there that much but nah, boogie sure. kind of gets it boogie understands um jamichael green's been there bones is obviously the the fresh run but i just don't worry about him like he's he's just this he just doesn't give a shit man he just loves the moment so yeah true i feel as good as i can yeah it's a lot more nuggets chat than we bargained <laughs> for but real deep inside uh in-depth conversation regarding that series. I don't know if we'll do the same about the other series, but is there anyone that jumps out to you? I guess we kind of just quickly brushed over the West playing games. So Minnesota and the Clippers will probably win the seven and the eight in that order. Yeah, <clears throat> easily. Maybe the Bells, then... I reckon. I wouldn't be surprised if they won two in a row, but I don't think it matters a lot, right? Whoever wins that no. is getting Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix will just walk through the first round. Um, although that if if it's the Clippers with Paul George, that Kawhi could be a really bad yeah, no, no. But that could be a really bad matchup for Phoenix in a funny way. Like um the Clippers are just a weird team all year. Like they probably have known that they're gonna be a play-in team. But they I don't know, they just show up sometimes and play really good. A really good system or something. I, I don't get how they do it. Tyler's but, um, a really good coach, I think. <clears throat> yeah, and like that, I think that makes a difference too. Like, has your coach been there? True. So, uh, yeah, I, I, they're not going to beat the Suns, but I think that could be a weird little matchup for them. Well, let's say it plays out that way. You get Minnesota in the seven, and the Clippers in the eight. The matchups you get, obviously, we've talked about Golden State, Denver. You get Dallas and Utah, which I could honestly give less of a fuck about. I think what a boring Dallas series. Win, but yeah, um, I don't know. I 
Luca just doesn't get out of the first, and then you're, you're like, who's going to help him? Mm. Well, it might be uh, one of the blokes that he's going up against joins him next year. Uh, with Maybe. Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, like, seemingly yeah. set to split. One of them goes mm. to Dallas. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. Then, yeah, you got maybe the Pels, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, whoever comes out of that play-in game mix going up against Phoenix in the eighth spot. But I'd love to see Minnesota win and then get a Minnesota-Memphis first-round series. That'd be fun. That would be fun. And I and I think that would, like, Memphis would be like, crap, that is almost the worst-case scenario for us. Like, if Memphis had got us, then they'd probably feel good. If they'd got Dallas, if they got Utah, I think they'd feel good. But... Minnesota are just like a weird little group of like upstarts who bit of like any of them can, either, right? Totally. And any of them can get hot on any given night. Like um D'Angelo's great. Cats obviously had 60. And Edwards coming off a 49. Like Malik Beasley can drop 30 off the yeah, bench. Like um Pat yeah, I, I think they might give um the Grizzlies a lot of trouble. So, and then they've got Pat Beverly to guard Jar. So, I'm not sold on Memphis right now. Yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup. That's probably the one out west that I want to see the most. Hopefully, the Clippers yep. or someone doesn't fuck it up and they give us a different seeding head to head. But yeah. I think out east, similar deal. We all expect Brooklyn to win tomorrow. And if they do, Boston and Brooklyn, that'll be a huge series. Be unreal, yeah. And I, I think Brooklyn will take it personally. Yeah, imagine. Oh, I could, I could see Boston taking that out. Oh yeah, I could see, I could see that going either way. But I think Brooklyn would win it. I think their top two is just too good. Yeah. Oh, I. Patty Mills, seasoned veteran in the playoffs. Yeah, if Rob Williams was still healthy, I might pick Boston, but he's probably not going to come back to the second round if. Obviously, yeah. they make it. So I probably wouldn't steer towards that. Uh, yeah. Your boys, the Bulls, going up against the Bucks. It's good. That's going to be a good series. I reckon that Milwaukee will sweep the Bulls. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I could, I could see that. Like, this, this is a thing with the East. Like, pretty much anything's on the table. Like, you could see Brooklyn sweeping um, Boston. You could, yeah. you know, like, I can see Miami losing to the Hawks or you boys. Like, Miami's not. Fuck knows what they are. Like, anything can happen in the East, I reckon. Who's the Sixers matchup? Is that 4-5? and Toronto, yeah, 4-5. With Matisse Thibel ruled out of uh, games. Right. Let me do the math. Three, four, and six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, and I really like... Toronto, like I love that we've said this before. Their length is just absurd, and like I think it's going to give Philly a lot of trouble. And if there's one team that I reckon Joel would not play well against, it's the the longest team I've ever seen, who just just cause so yeah. many problems. Um, so yeah, I think anything could happen in the East. Like you can tell me anything, I'll be like, yeah, sure, like. Except I don't think Milwaukee could get swept. That's the only thing. That's the only certainty I've got yeah, okay. out of the East. Yeah, I think some, Milwaukee win. But. There'll be some barn burner matchups. You got uh, Miami potentially against Cleveland or Atlanta, like we've said. That Brooklyn-Boston one. 
Bucks Bulls, I might be selling the Bulls a bit short, but like, there's no reason to think that Milwaukee won't repeat and go on a tear through the East. But like you said, totally. there's so many other like stronger teams this year, and it will, as it always does each year, come down a lot in both sides really to like the matchups and the teams they get and how healthy the squads are when they go head to head. So, yeah, and there's also like a bit of a experience factor, like that matters in the playoffs and. Milwaukee obviously has it. I guess um, Miami kind of have it, and like mm. Jimmy and and those crew. Toronto kind of has it still. Like they've got some dude. Like Fred and Siakam won rings, didn't they? Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. And so you kind of like and Nick Nurse, and so mm. them against Philly, who've got fuck all experience. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. The East is so unknown this year. The West's a lot clearer, if you ask me. Yeah. All right. Uh, gun to your head, what finals prediction are you making? Uh, I'll probably take Phoenix. I'd probably take repeat of last year, honestly. Yeah. I think if Boston beats Brooklyn in the first round, I might pick them to go on a surge because by the time they potentially clash with the Bucks. They'll have Rob Williams back, but I've, I'm going chalk as well. I expect it to be a repeat. Uh, I would, if I, what would be the one you would want to see though? Uh, Cavs nugs, obviously. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dude, how good would this podcast be in four weeks' time if that somehow happened? That emotional roller coaster, weekly checking in just to see the boys still climbing. Yeah. That would be unreal. Re- um, remove your biases from it though. Like, I wouldn't put nuggets. In, in like they would be awesome to watch, obviously, and they would be good. And like um, by then, maybe one of the boys is back. But I reckon Phoenix, Phoenix for, for me, it would be Phoenix versus Brooklyn. Yeah, that would be pretty unreal. And then you've got that story like the one and the eight, well, maybe the eighth seed, and like, and yeah, like, and I think Kyrie and KD could would make that so fun yeah, like that because right. i was honestly looking at it i was like you know what i think a repeat would be like the coolest outcome but you're right it, yeah it's it would Brooklyn be going up against cool. the bucks that would uh against the suns that'd be pretty elite yeah i can't see memphis getting through i can't see anyone getting through other than phoenix honestly yeah one last nah, uh, not the nugget before we dive into a little bit of award talk, you know that the Suns have won more games on the road this year than any other team has won at home? Wow. Well, they didn't lose many games. so They did not. But yeah, just uh, I saw that yesterday and I was like, fuck, there can't be many teams that have done, like that happened each year, right? Uh, only maybe the, that Golden State team and the Bulls back in the day, yeah, maybe. Big dogs. Speaking of mm. big dogs, uh there's no more games to be played in the regular season. The MVP ballots must be submitted. Uh, yeah, they're in. The year. So I want to, we've talked at length about our MVP discussions. So I just want you to give me your top five uh, when it comes to voting. Because I think mine is set in stone. So I can reel through it if you need some thinking time. And then I reckon we'll chat about the three big dogs in the uh, rookie of the year race as well. I reckon it will be... Uh, except I don't know not, who's not at the top. Not what you reckon of... it'll be, like your picks. Like if you had to pick uh, the top five, because obviously what it 
should be is might not be what it obviously comes out to. All right. It would be Jokic should win it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he will. I think he will. I think he's done enough. Okay. And then I reckon Joel should be second. Okay. Even though you know how I sort of feel about Joel, I still just think he should be second because Giannis just has a bit more help. Yeah. Like those other two are phenomenally good. Um, So then I'd go Giannis, but very close. Then I would take Booker, as much as it pains me to say it. <laughs> and then I would, your face right now. And then I'd, pro- I think Luca. Yeah, if it's who, if it's how I think, I would go Luca Booker, but it probably would be the other way around. Yeah, okay. and Tatum might be in there too. Well, that's. Uh pretty boring because i had exactly the same yeah, other than yeah. i actually flipped Giannis and joel Embiid, even though okay. Embiid did win the scoring title that i reckon that'll go um that'll sway might sway some voters might not but that's pretty substantial i think he's the first and also the to win it. the ben simmons drama yeah um <laughs> but i just think like we've kind of talked about the most valuable player in a lot of different aspects, but like Jokic is number one for me. I think Giannis hasn't really taken a step back. If anything, he's stayed mm. almost exactly the same. He had the best statistical season PR wise ever, except yeah. for Jokic beating him this year. Yeah. Like if Jokic didn't play, he's got the best season ever. And if you tap, you can't penalize them too much for having like a really good team. I don't reckon. I think it is, and I'll kind of dig into it a bit more with the rookie of the year, but I think if your team, wins and you're like a driving force behind it that weighs heavily for me so that's yep. why i've kind of just i mean they got the same record actually Giannis and um the 76ers so i did just flip those two but i reckon it's clear one and then two or three you can have in any order i had book sure. fourth and then i had a tie between tatum and Doncic for fifth but i'll probably pick luca just i think he's more valuable oh I think so as well. Like um, Boston have kind of done it on team a lot, but I think that East Coast bias will play into account hugely. And I think Tatum will probably get more votes. Yeah. Well, the East Coast uh, bias will definitely be in full swing in the Rookie of the Year conversation because let's be honest, the only three contenders are from Eastern Conference squads. So yeah. Just to give you a couple of uh, numbers, because stacking them head-to-head across the whole season, Cade, Scotty Barnes, and Evan Mobley were pretty similar. Cade finished with 64 games, 17 and a half, five and a half, five and a half. But pretty good. Scotty Barnes was about 15 and a half, seven and a half, three and a half in 74 games. Yeah. Mobley played a few less, 69, nice, with 15 eight and a half and nearly two blocks a game. Yeah. So I would take Mobley, but I think it's such a tough one. Cause you could honestly make the case. I legitimately think for any of the trio, um, mm. Cade Cunningham in March, he had 23, six and seven, which I think I remember reading are like rookie numbers. that only Jordan's ever averaged across a month or something stupid. So he burst onto the scene late and like threw his hat in the ring. But I think Evan Mobley was probably at all-star break, the runaway winner. But Scotty Barnes is getting 
my vote. I think Barnes and Mobley deserve to be a little bit above Cunningham for doing what they're doing on like playoff potential teams, good teams. Yep. But I think the two-way play of Scotty Barnes, like Mobley probably made most of his or turned most heads on defense, like had some scoring nights, but he still would take a little bit of time to develop. And I think the like Jared Allen, Darius Garland's growth, um, getting Karis LeVert, like they all played into a bit of, and Kevin Love's resurgence, they all played into um, Cleveland, like their resurgence. But in Toronto's case, they really only added Scotty Barnes. Like Pascal Siakam and Fred still played at near all-star level, but they put Barnes into that squad and they went from being a team that had, what, the fourth overall pick to now they're the sixth mm. seed. So I think yep. the their contributions to winning has them one and two with Barnes and then Mobley and then Cade. Okay. Yeah, I, look, there's probably no real wrong answer for this one. Nah. Same with the MVP, really. But um, I kind of think Mobley's felt more consistent to me, whereas Barnes, Barnes started, like, really well from memory. Yeah. Like, it felt like he was putting up plenty of 20-point nights early on and has not faded because he's still, I'm, you know, I can remember him having a, good game against the Nuggets mid-season, you know, like, but I I think I would just take Mobley. And it's a bit of the eye test, honestly, yeah, is what yeah, it comes yeah. down to. I think Mobley, like, you can see his impact, whereas Scotty Barnes can get lost. Cade's, Cade dropped 30-something on the Nuggets. So, like, I think he's probably going to still be the best player out of all of them. But yep. I reckon... Mobley pass the eye test the best. Like he's just got phenomenal. His jumping ability is is what sets him apart. Like he's like a such a quick jumper. Um, <clears throat> and combined with his size, he's been phenomenal. And his his finishing abilities like a lot better than I think he gets credit for. Even True. still now, yeah, yeah. Like you said, there's no real wrong way you can put them. I think missing a couple of games and then the Cavs like teetering a bit. Obviously he wasn't the only one that missed games, but that's in the back of my mind slightly. Uh, I hope he wins. It'd be nice if we could. Doesn't that sort of help him in a weird way though? He missed games and the Cavs start losing. Yeah, it does. You're right. I don't know. I think it'll be very close. Um, Oh yeah. Barnes had like not a huge end to the year, but like there were a couple of games where he started to pop off a bit in like, Mm early March. So I think that'll sway a few, like, you know, Barnes is doing this stuff and Mobley's not playing. So that might put yeah. him to the forefront of a lot of voters' minds. But hey, it'd be nice if we could have the uh, Rookie of the Year MVP double on the podcast. I wouldn't complain about that. Yeah, that would be good. I'd be I'd be so stoked if he wins, Jokic wins the MVP, but just, <clears throat> I'm worried. I'm worried. Might happen. Might happen. Mm. Um, like I said, what feels like three hours ago, uh, we're playing Mr. Fix-It on the podcast. So the last thing we're going to oh, do yeah. today is we're going to fix the Los Angeles Lakers. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> so obviously they were pretty disappointing this year. I don't think many people expected them to miss the play-in, let alone playoffs. Uh, but they're in a bit of a pickle. I don't know how – there's no one thing that they can do to, like, fix everything. I don't know how they're going to – uh, alleviate the Russell Westbrook size problem. Uh, but if you're sitting in who runs the Lakers now, Genie Bus's seat, what's your first order of business? Um, 
It's a loaded man because there's a lot of <clears throat> going on with the Lakers, but I think the one you want to keep Ant Davis, you don't want to touch him. I agree. Um, even though he's so injury plagued, man. Like all three of those their top dogs have problems. Um, but I would probably say ship Westbrook off, maybe to even just to the Clippers for pieces that work. Like I'm just Luke, maybe grab Luke Kennard, um, a Morris brother, whichever one's there. One of the more and I think it's Marcus. And then, um, Maybe one other good defender and a like a young like a young another young player or something like I really like Brandon Boston down there. If they could grab him, that'd be yep. awesome. Um, and then just let LeBron run point and just put people around him, like put winners around him, like three and D guys. It's worked LeBron's whole career. Worked three years, two or three years ago when they won it. Yeah. Um, and just bank on LeBron being all right and Ant Davis staying healthy. Yeah, that's all you can do, right? Like, I know you don't like that they're su- supporting cast, but I actually really like Stanley Johnson because um, he's just a phenomenal defender. Like, he's so underrated as a player because his defense is that good, um, if you ask me. Um, Talon Horton Tucker's all right. Austin Reeves, all right. Um, probably forgetting some people. Uh, Malik but Monk's he, the other one who's played pretty well. Oh, Malik Monk, thank I you. I think yeah. he's going to get paid this offseason. Like someone will throw the bag at him, so they might lose him. But So you're in the camp of right. if you can get anything for Westbrook. Like say you, you have to like give up a pick and you just get bloated contracts or something from, I don't know, the Wizards. Do you reckon you just mm. pull the trigger and get rid of Westbrook for whatever you can? Because there's talk of even like a potential buyout down the track. Like it's, I think it's going to get messy. Right. I, I would want stuff back. I'd want like a pretty, like a high potential young guy and some defense slash shooting. But if they're going to get it, eh? Uh, there's 29 teams in the league. Like you can find it somewhere. Like I, I wouldn't worry about a pick though. Not at all. I don't, yeah. But that would be what I would do as much as it pains me. I think Westbrook's been a scapegoat for sure um, in a very broken Los Angeles team. And like I said, last time we spoke, like LeBron is not easy to win with. Like no, LeBron's true. a phenomenal player, but he's really hard to build a winning team around. And it, we've seen that. He's 17 years in the league. He's won three chips. Is that right? Yep. Four, no, he's won four because he got the one. Here. You know, he's needed one or two other stars with him and then, like, a pretty good supporting cast. Like, he's not like, well, you know, like, he's not like some of these other stars. You're like, yeah, you know what? Like, we can have a few different systems. It's like you need a really specific system. So I, I don't think there's any way to fix him because he's going to be in year 18. Ant Davis is an injury as injury plagued as any t- player in the league's history. But I guess that's what I would do. I would take it back to sort of the LeBron basics. Would you uh, 
fire Frank Vogel, or do you reckon give him another chance? Oh, uh, whatever. It doesn't matter with LeBron. I think it swings a lot. Not with LeBron. No. No, adding a Steve Kerr or a Nick Nurse or a Brad Stevens wouldn't matter because it's LeBron is so difficult, yeah, honestly. A lot of the uh, chatter, because I've spent a lot of time indoors in the last week or two, so I've ran yeah. Um, Doc Rivers is looming as a potential replacement. They reckon that he might just go straight back to LA. Um, but the big one is after the all-star break when LeBron was like, do you remember he was throwing props to Sam Presti? Um, no. Like in one of the press conferences before the all-star break, he was talking like during the all-star break, he was talking about how good Presti is as an operator and how bright and young talents it's just oozing out of the OKC Thunder and he's to thank for that and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people were like, is he trying to get Presti to join the Lakers maybe? So that could be interesting if he steps in as like the GM or whatever. But I have Palinka. Is it Palinka right now? Yeah. But I again, did also read that they're going to keep Palinka. They've got no plans to get rid of him. So who knows? It seems like it's going to get a lot messier before it gets cleaner. But I agree. I mm. think you don't, do anything drastic like trade Anthony Davis. If anything, I reckon you try and like empower him and be like, righto, dude, like this is your team now. You need to like, instead of bulking up like you reportedly did last season, like slim down, try and like stay as athletic as possible. We know you're going to maybe play 65 games this year, but focus on those two. Honestly, get rid of Westbrook for whatever you can. But I think like you said, they've got some pieces in the forms of like, um, Malik Monk, I'd love to see them keep him. Austin Reeves, Talon Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson. Like they could all be pieces of a playoff rotation. They just need to I agree. trim around the edges. Hopefully, if you can turn Westbrook's contract into two or three other dudes, like potentially Buddy Heald, like the reported trade they mm. had on the table, and keep Caruso or KCP or someone, then that might have been very different. But yeah. The Lakers, yep. I'm sure we'll keep talking about them. Watch your space. Yeah, there's, it's a it's a barn fire. It's a LeBron fire. I see what you did there. Uh, before we go, I want to give some shout outs. We used to do this back in the uh, the OG days of the podcast when we started Toronto. in Toronto. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Cam Smith. If you don't know who Cam Smith is, he's the uh, Aussie who finished third at the Masters. And he is doing the Aussie brand proud with his free-flowing mullet. It's very, oh. uh, very unique to see like, all these proper golfers and all these blokes like Tiger and the bloke that won it, Scotty Scheffler, like, you know, well-dressed, slightly overweight dudes that you picture as like a stereotypical golfer. Yeah. But we've just got an Aussie out there who looks like he's trying to score at the back of IGA. He just looks like a quintessential bogan. He's uh, Good doing on the Aussie Good on your camp. Uh, and Stoddy, it's Stoddy's birthday today. So shout out to Stoddy, who probably won't listen to this, but good to give him no. a shout out anyway. Study. Study. All right, mate. Uh, thanks for sitting down. Another massive sports bee episode. Uh, I reckon we'll get back to Monday podcast next week. Till cool. next time. Ship your win. Yeah.